3: Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it.
1: Food. You're right,
3: G. <laughs> <laughs> <the first> <laughs>
0: food.
1: food. My Look, favorite subject. It is your favorite subject. Food <laughs> and sleep. <laughs> yes. What's mine? uh fitness and sex yes (laughs) and that's why georgia and myself work so well together we cover off all topics (laughs) we do
3: indeed (laughs) well this week we're not talking about exercise and sex sadly
1: we're talking about food. food yeah and fussy eaters yeah fussy eaters so um you don't have one I don't have one. Ugh. No, I don't. I used to have a husband that was one. I mean, he's such a child, James. But no, I don't have fussy eaters in the house. I don't allow them in the house anymore. But I mean, Georgia, <laughs> the thing is, mate, is that
3: I've done nothing differently to you, okay? <laughs> Apart from the fact that maybe I'm not I'm not that mother that <sighs> stands over a, f- a stove and, like, can create stuff just from... This is just like you have up from the cupboard. You
1: don't have to be, though. That's the thing. But do I do, because I've got two fussy
3: eaters. As in, like, Luna's not a fussy eater, but... You know she knows what she likes and that is chicken, <laughs> chicken sweet potato fries and peas and carrots which is a great diet but mean I, that's I,
1: balanced yeah
3: it is balanced but what about some salmon no because they're not fish fingers see the thing is right and this is my thing on it it's absolutely fine if you can completely control their food all the time i.e they're not eating anywhere else but as soon as a child tries a fish finger yeah you are fucked
1: yeah no that is true <laughs> to be fair fish fingers are delicious imo's <laughs> laughing that our producer imo's you know laughing know what? i don't actually think Axel's had fish fingers oh, For God's sakes, why not? I don't know, because I don't eat them, so why would I buy them? Because they're delicious, and you need to make a fish finger wrap for yourself. But I don't eat them myself. But why would you not? I just don't. It's just not something that comes into my mind when I'm food shopping, (sighs) to buy fish fingers. We're straight to the bird's eye counter. (laughs) (laughs) So what does a typical day in the life right. of luna and kit, kit. look like. okay they
3: both start with a bowl of porridge
1: so does axel
3: okay but obviously luna doesn't like blueberries or raspberries or strawberries so i have to mash them up and mix them up with banana and flax seeds and coconut and i put them in her porridge and she eats all of it and she loves it so that's great kit's Flax-y, the same that's snazzy yeah snazzy right yeah i'm like that oh this looks <laughs> this looks snazzy whap it in so we have porridge for breakfast i'm quite strict on my snacks like fruit She eats apples, grapes, absolutely fine. Then lunchtime, it's like chicken nuggets. (laughs) Chicken nuggets, sweet potato fries, mashed potato, sausages. I mean, it's base stuff. It's basic stuff, but I I haven't got time to create. I don't know how to cook. All right, that's it. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm going to admit it. I'm shit cook.
1: Are you? Uh, I see. No, I I mean, I I like cooking. I really like cooking. It's like my favourite thing to do. So (laughs) Mine is
3: sex. (laughs) (laughs) So has
1: sex and I kick. <laughs> Together, a combination we would be the perfect, perfect wife. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I guess from the beginning I was really excited to wean Axel and I made him loads of stuff. In fact when I look back now, I laugh at what I gave him at like seven months old curries. <laughs> like I used to give him the most humongous meals. Like I used to make homemade meatballs and all of these different things and he was like seven months <laughs> old He
3: was like, mmm delicious, but he mid the ball
1: seriously, what was I doing? I used to order him like the kids' meal. In like, if we went out for dinner, At like seven a three-course, yeah, three-course meal. I've got photos. Like me and my mum <sighs> Such were just weirdo, nuts. <laughs> I know, You really are. Um, so no, I really enjoy it, and I have just started getting him involved as well. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it's so I've to, yeah, so he's started chopping, and I talk to him a lot about what I'm making, and he's starting to be quite interested, especially like pasta dishes and stuff that you're just doing on the hob, and you can just throw anything in. It's it's fun. It's fun for a kid to... No, I mean, I know it is.
3: It absolutely is. I'm looking at you quite confused because in my head I'm thinking pasta dish, pasta dish. Like the only pasta dish that I can do is pasta with some ham, (laughs) some sweet corn (laughs) and some Philadelphia. What else is there in life? Oh, I need some help <laughs> This is why This is right I I need some help And that's why I'm over the moon That we managed to nab This woman I'm To talk to I'm so
1: excited Right Because she
3: is Chef extraordinaire Great at weaning She has some fantastic tips And she's also got a, a, Like a really amazing Cookbook for kids
1: She has She's got a proper plan To help tackle Fussy eaters in the house
3: You're gonna You're gonna listen You're gonna listen to this chat And you're gonna notice How stressed I am Throughout the whole <laughs> thing Because I feel like I'm failing as a mother Um, But, you know, since we've had that chat, nothing's changed in my household. Let's just get into it. (laughs) So those of you that know Georgia and I very well, um, alongside sleep, food is a massive, (laughs) massive subject. We talk about it a lot. We're always messaging each other on WhatsApp saying, he's not eating anything or she's eating everything. But nothing green. <laughs> um, so today we're really excited because we have been joined in the studio by somebody who is um, a weaning expert. She is an author. Her book is called "Get Your Kids to Eat Anything." Uh, she is mum of two: to a little boy who is eleven and a little girl who is seven. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, she founded her blog in two thousand and eleven. And she's just an all-round expert when it comes to feeding your kids. It's Emily Leary. Hello.
1: We can't wait to chat to you. We absolutely (laughs) love talking about food. And I think it can be a bit of a minefield for mums. So we're really, really excited to get your tips. Um, So, yeah, really, what we want to know is how did you get into, um, you know, food in in the first place?
2: Oh, well, I mean... I've always been obsessed with food, food is very nice, Um, and then I had my son and I was kind of, you know, doing the usual thing of kind of just stick whatever or go in the microwave or you know, whatever they'll eat, Um, trying to keep a career going at the same time. Then I was pregnant with my daughter, had a little bit of time off before she was born, so I thought, oh we'll do some baking together. Now I look back and we were making the most ugly food, like we thought we were brilliant but it was terrible. Um, (laughs) And I was taking photos of it and thought, well I'll stick it online somewhere and everybody seemed to have blogs actually 2011 not everyone had blogs but everyone I knew seemed to so I thought right I'm going to get a blog I'm just going to set it up we'll stick all of our kind of our fun and our cooking and where we've been at the weekend and things onto this blog nobody will read it but it'll just be it'll be fun and I'll be part of a community um, and it just went mad almost immediately and particularly when we shared recipes because I soon went back to work after my daughter was born. And so I was trying to kind of, you know, we all want to be kind of like Nigella and really sexy in the kitchen and really good at cooking everything. But actually, we're knackered and we've got 10 minutes and we just want something that everybody will eat. So the recipes that I was publishing were in that vein and it really seemed to hit a note. And so, well, yeah, for all the years that followed up to today, it's just been a bit of an obsession, really. So what was your career at the time? I was in PR and marketing. So I used to work for... um, first in telecoms and then in the energy sector I'm looking after their social media so I'd be going like hey guys here's an exciting like choice of jumpers to wear so you don't have to put the heating on (laughs) and then everybody underneath would be saying you sent me the wrong bill (laughs) yeah all the complaints (laughs) (laughs) you set up a blog and you're speaking as yourself and people are a lot more receptive they don't shout at you for cutting their telephone line off yay um so yeah it was just a much more cheerful place and that I think is the most addictive thing about you know blogging and vlogging and all of that kind of thing is you just get to connect with people. Directly, and that's just so much fun, and you learn so much quicker. So, whether there's a new demand or a new trend, or parents just really need to know something, you get that message straight into you, not through kind of six months of market research. You can yeah. literally just pick up
3: your phone. You can write something down, or
2: you can you can film a piece of video content, and it's there.
3: Yeah, that's what I love about it. That's why I love Instagram so much. I'm like, what am I going to cook my kids for dinner <laughs> yeah, tonight? Exactly.
1: You found your niche definitely in with food. So you um you were saying that. When you had your son, you just gave him anything that, you know, that was available and that took 10 minutes and went in the microwave. Yeah. When did that change and you start to actually... You know start making lots of things and coming up with recipe ideas and
2: well I think you get a little bit of a false confidence when you start weaning because you kind of like you mash things or you you puree them and they'll eat anything like my kids are eating so many vegetables and they're eating all these weird things and they're having parsnip with apple they're going to be just absolute gourmet children you get a little bit full of yourself and then they slowly start reducing what they're willing to try and before you know <laughs> it they're kind of sitting with their kind of one piece of cheese and that's all they will eat or like a slice of toast um so I you are reading of- <laughs> my mind right now, Emily. <laughs> and it's and you kind of don't know what went wrong. And there's always that bit in the back of your mind, which is like, I know that I probably could try to like, really battle through this and get them eating more. But I don't want food all over my head for the next kind of month. So I'm just going to kind of just stick to the easy stuff and I'll just kind of beg them occasionally to have a bit of broccoli. So... We sort of dealt with it a little bit, kind of wins and then kind of slipping back a little bit and then wins. Um, and then my son was diagnosed um, on the autistic spectrum. And by this time, my daughter was getting fussy after her kind of initial puree stage. So I had these two kind of quite fussy kids. My daughter um, is still struggling with various kind of throat infections and problems. So she was kind of using that as an excuse as well. Kind of, I can only eat ice cream for the next year. <laughs> um, Such a good like, excuse, that, isn't <laughs> it? My throat's <friend's> too sore. Yes, she was bring the ice cream cream so what we realized is that it, tackling fussy eating is a bit like um, potty training or when you first put them into your own bed and into their own beds and they just keep coming back into your bed and you're like please stay in your own bed mm. and then kind of after three nights you just let them sleep with you you're like fine okay this is this this is a system forever now i give up um but you we all know that if you just stick with it for a bit longer things do start to change so i started to test kind of what is the fussy eating equivalent of potty training or teach them to sleep in their own bed and i realized that children are naturally quite afraid of things that are new so you know you you give them like a different colored cheese and they're like what is this cheese isn't usually orange why have you given me this yeah um so what i tried to do is to introduce something that looked a bit different onto their plate every single day so that variety became more familiar and that is really the core of the book, that you get kids really familiar with food, familiar with the texture. You keep serving food up in different ways, different colours, different shapes, and gradually they just become a little bit more open to it, and it does work. I've completely failed.
3: <laughs> I've completely <laughs> failed. i completely failed. No, you have No, I have, because I'm not a foodie. So there's going to be people listening that are you know, big big chefs at home and they love cooking and they love being in the kitchen and there's going to be women and men listening who are like me. Food is kind of functional to me. Mm -hmm. I enjoy a meal but I I will go as far as doing like a nice piece of salmon with some stir-fried veg or, you know, a piece of chicken and some veg. Like, I live with an athlete so it's kind of like our, our diets are very simple. So I get to meal times and I go, "What am I going to cook? Okay, uh, a piece of salmon. I'm going to put some broccoli down, some carrots. Kit has never touched a carrot and broccoli. I've been putting it down for six months now, and mm-hmm. it, he has never once picked it up. Why? Is it Why? On, so it's always on his plate. But it's he's just not interested. Just doesn't want it. It just sits on the board in front of him. You know, he's in a high chair. I just don't understand what more I can do. I,
2: like what where have I gone wrong <laughs> I mean we, we've all been there and I don't think it's exceptional at all and it's kind of why I don't have fussy eaters on the cover of the book because although obviously it is about tackling fussy eating all children are fussy like we, yeah. we are all and we're all fussy that. as well aren't we like all fussy ourselves adults. Yeah, yeah absolutely um so yes yeah, so I wanted it to be something that works for everybody but the crucial thing is that Although the book has 70 recipes in it, it isn't 70 recipes that your kids will eat, even if they're fussy. It's actually teaching them to kind of undo that fussiness. So there are activities that will get them handling food, smelling food, um, searching for kind of spiky and knobbly um, things in the kind of the vegetable aisle. Is that important? I love this. It's all about kind of changing their fear of the unfamiliar. So... A question I get quite a lot is if you put it in front of the child and they won't eat anything, do you let them starve or do you give them something else? And I think you're probably doing the right thing already, which is giving them some things that they will eat and some things that you know they probably won't. And it's just about kind of gradually working towards um, having some kind of interaction with the foods that they're nervous of, even if it's not eating them. So it might be um, smelling them, it might be pressing the texture between their fingers, um, it might be kind of feeding one to mum and just kind of getting more and more familiar with it. Um, and it's it, interesting, what you, you don't really want is a battle at the dinner table. You want food to be easy, um, and a lot of people have said to me, kind of Oh, I don't have time to cook a different meal every single night for the rest of my life, I'm like no, 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 that's that's not what we're going for. What we're going for is a few weeks of doing lots of activities, getting kids really comfortable with food, understanding where it comes from, rubbing it in their fingers, smelling it, um handling it, building towers with vegetables, um slowly increasing the kind of meals that they're willing to eat and then. Ideally, you get to a point where you open the fridge, you see that you've got a little bit of salmon, you've got some vegetables, you've maybe got a little bit of sauce. You cook it, you put it on everybody's plate, and everybody eats it. That's the ideal. Probably of a dream. dream, i'm making, I'm <laughs> making three
3: different meals at the moment. So every single meal time, I'm making something for Luna because I know what she likes and what she eats. I'm making a different meal for Kit because Kit won't eat pasta. So if I ever do Luna pasta, Kit won't touch it. Oh,
1: pastas like this oh, I know. absolutely... <laughs> Every child eats faster. Uh, not, oh. not my child. He just puts <laughs> no. it, like you
3: said. He just, he just feels it with his finger. He just pushes it around, and then he drops it on the floor. And I have tried so many times. And then later on, I'm cooking for me and Dozza or Dozza's cooking for us. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's just becoming really really hard for us in the house because i just don't know how to kind of combat that and i obviously and also and hopefully other people are going through this with luna's vegetables i also have to say to her um you need to eat that broccoli if you don't eat that broccoli i'm going to turn pepper pig off and it's that i have a battle with her to get the
2: veg into her every mealtime. but i feel like that's not the right way to do it, it it's, it's going to be hard for you and it's also you know, we're talking about building positive relationships with food and ultimately that's building a negative relationship with food for all of you. No. And eventually you're just like, fine, I just won't put the broccoli on the plate. Um so no, you do you do want to build it in a positive way. And it does, it takes these continued activities and this continued building relationship. And there are some ideas in the book as well for things like most kids love cheese sauce. Most, some won't, but most do. So you you make a big bowl of cheese sauce in the middle of the table, and then you chop up various vegetables and some bits of bread and things. And to get to the cheese sauce, they at least have to dip the vegetable into the cheese sauce as a receptacle to get it to their mouth. So you know, my daughter would probably you know first time trying it, kind of dip a piece of carrot in and just lick the cheese sauce. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's still putting the carrot in her mouth. It's still getting so is that a win? Yeah, and you know, and and it builds up over time. And and with things like pasta as well, you can try different textures so obviously very well cooked pasta is very soft you know if you cook it kind of al dente so it's quite holdable again you can potentially do something like um, penne and just have it kind of almost like a dipping so almost in place of chips so not crunchy obviously oh, that's a good idea so you're sort really of picking it up dipping it in you know their favorite sauce even if that's ketchup because for me i wrote the book not to be kind of everything is kind of holier than down it's all avocado toast <laughs> it's more about get kids to have a better relationship with vegetables because a lot of dietitians will say this as well rather than thinking about what you shouldn't have in your diet think about what's missing from it and add it in so if we can get everybody in the family eating plenty of vegetables their diet will kind of naturally balance out
1: I've got a question and um I mean I'm not complaining because Axel is actually a really good eater but I'm a foodie like as Zoe said like I love cooking so it does it is a thing in my house you know I'm all I'm always cooking stuff I love cooking from scratch so that's probably why he eats quite a lot because both my husband and I, you know, always try new foodies. stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're foodies and that's just, that's the way it is. Uh, my mum isn't a foodie, so it's probably made me a foodie, you know, so it's just one of the, yeah, I've just always wanted to be good at cooking and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he will not eat eggs and it really upsets me, <laughs> like really upsets me because I eat eggs every single day and I've given them to him, <laughs> scrambled eggs, dippy eggs. The only time he'll eat an egg is eggy bread. Mm. But I think it stems from when he was really little, he was allergic to eggs. Yeah. yeah. So he used to get like... Um, Hives. So- like sores and stuff, yeah, on his face. And the, um, the doctor said to me, just keep, you know, keep trying it every few months or whatever and see what happens. He's not like... His throat wasn't closing up or anything like that. So it was just like you know contact yeah. dermatitis or whatever it is um but i think it's like been installed in his head now that he just will wa- he, he just won't how can you
3: not like
2: eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Some people
1: don't like eggs. But that's slightly
3: different because that's one... I mean, look, you answer the question, actually. I'm not the expert No, here. no,
2: I would agree. I think, you know, we're allowed to not like certain things. Yeah, I mean, coffee and desserts for me is just like... Don't like them. Don't like it. Somebody gives me tiramisu and I'll just, like, try and hide it under the table. Sorry if anyone's ever given me tiramisu. But I think it's okay to not like certain things. My son was actually very allergic to cow's milk when he was small. and He used to get the same thing drank it and it was like instant food poisoning and all of the skin on his face would peel and he was very mistrustful of anything dairy for a long time particularly because one of his friends gave him a spoonful of yogurt at nursery and it wasn't like an anaphylactic reaction but it was a really nasty one he was kind of like that's it no dairy for me mm. ever um and we yeah did the same thing trying to reintroduce it every few months and he's absolutely fine with it now um, but it did take quite a long time he just had an almost kind of inbuilt mistrust of anything creamy so even yeah. if it wasn't um dairy based, even if it was something like mayonnaise, you He's can see still, that his brain was like, No, that'll make me Ill. That looks like dairy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's another thing actually. He'll eat egg
1: mayonnaise sandwiches. Yeah. But I think it's if you don't say the word egg.
0: So mm. that's
2: exactly it. So it's just kind of it's it's something that will probably come with time. Okay. But also you you can maybe have fun cooking something Together, think, so for yeah. example, you know you're quite foodie. You could make some mayonnaise from scratch. Yeah. So you could kind of. <sighs> but why would you? You've got Heinz, like. In this- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Just- I'm joking. For I'm fun. Joking. For fun. <laughs> <For> fun. <laughs> what do you think about
3: hiding? certain vegetables or fruits in food so I'm always told this across our Instagram you know just you know great loads of courgettes and hide them in food certain pasta sauces or you know blend up some so they don't know they're having it because my my go-to if Kit doesn't eat any vegetables Mm -hmm. here's an Ella's pouch carrots parsnips and whatever it is
2: yes apples
3: and but but that's that just really tastes like a sweet drink
2: yeah I mean there's some pros and cons to that one of the negatives with something um like a kind of a pureed pouch that also has something like apple in it as a regular option is that it it keeps the child's palate quite focused on quite sweet flavors Mm. um and there have been quite a few objections over recent years to um to kind of toddler snack products that are sweetened so they're naturally sweetened so it still says kind of 100% natural but they're sweetened with very concentrated fruit juice or fruits yeah um which kind of trains a child's palate to just prefer sweet things and we all know this kind of you know like if you have a lot of sugar in your in your tea or coffee and you first give it up and the drink just tastes disgusting or you don't put any honey in your porridge or whatever and you just Mm. think i can't eat this after a few days your palate starts to adjust and you think actually i don't know why i was putting so much sugar (laughs) Mm. into my food or my drink so it's kind of the same thing if we keep giving children very sweetened food then that's what they get used to as for hiding food I think it's fine. I think that, um, you know, again, for peace of mind, if you're really worried about your child and you just want to know that you've got some vegetables into them, you know, hidden pasta sauce, you know, yeah, grating courgette or carrot into a cake, whatever works for you, absolutely go ahead and do it. But it doesn't tackle the long term issue. And so what I wanted to do was create something that would take the headache away so that you wouldn't have to worry long term. And so that, you know, when... Your child goes off to work or university yeah or whatever. that's the thing for me yeah that they'll kind of you know they won't just be buying sort of super noodles and living on them for three years or for the rest of their lives <laughs> <laughs> so when i met my husband i've
1: spoken about this before he ate meat potatoes um pasta and bread Mm -hmm. that was it Mm. absolutely nothing else and I ate everything apart from sandwiches I still don't eat sandwiches now but that that, that was that we were worlds apart and I've always thought in my head if I ever have a child I don't want (laughs) him or her to be like him because it really put me off him as well we go to a restaurant and I think Oh no, not carbonara again. <laughs> Every restaurant we go to, you order carbonara. Oh, that's <laughs> so nice, though. Isn't <laughs> it is it? nice. It's a bit of carbonara, but come on, James. Every restaurant, oh, no. yeah. It is, it, it's like limiting, isn't it? It's it's really scary what happens,
3: though, because you feel like you're doing. Like, I very much followed Georgia's train of thought this time around because I've seen how brilliant Axel is at eating. And mm-hmm. I was like, right, with Kit, I was like, I'm going to have another Axel. I was like, I'm going to have another Axel. So I just, I would just put stuff down. I was just putting it down and cooking and leaving it there for him and he just knows what he wants to eat and what he does and then of course someone gives him fish fingers and he's like but why would i have salmon without breadcrumbs now Mum, i just want it all with breadcrumbs on it and now he's rejecting that again because he's i mean let's be honest fish fingers taste so delicious
2: yeah exactly that so that's (laughs) like it's one of the first (laughs) recipes in the book for exactly that reason that that yeah, children get settled onto onto the way that things should be, and if it's yeah, the, if the bread if it's batter instead of breadcrumbs, what on earth is this fish from the fish and chip shop? Why isn't it? What these aren't yeah. breadcrumbs? You're trying to poison me? Um, so it is about as soon as possible, but it absolutely is possible later on, just changing things up regularly and getting them used to it. So one of the first recipes in the book is um bread crumbed fish you make it at home you just put a little bit it's not a lot but a little bit of um curry spices in the in the crumb before okay. you crumb the fish so it's panko, panko bread crumbs if you like <laughs> i mean dazzy. i'm oh, well can you make them yourself you make yeah you make them yourself <laughs> what <laughs> do what you like you can, i mean i just buy a pot of breadcrumbs. crumbs i'm not fancy oh um <laughs> i didn't know panko were fancy it's just the first ones i found yeah fancy? well yeah well this is the thing as well that it's meant to be fun for the whole family it's not meant to be this massive headache where you're kind of working through this kind of several week plan and going oh god i've got to cook this again it's meant to be fun so there's lots and lots of tips all the way through for using what you've got in the cupboard instead so if you've got panko in the cupboard instead or you know if you've got some smoked paprika but you haven't got the curry space spices just use them right absolutely cool but it's just about yeah slowly tweaking things a little bit there's another recipe that's pizza because most kids do like pizza yes um although my daughter prefers it without cheese she's strange she will eat it with cheese but she likes it without yeah um and it's got you divide it into kind of your six segments and you put a little bit of different topping on each segment so Every segment the child has, they have to try something a little bit different on the topping. Or they're missing out on pizza. It's amazing how well that works. That's a great idea, yeah. (laughs) And what sort of... (laughs) No, so, gone. <laughs> say, what sort
3: of things would you be putting on the pizza in different in the, in, the, in the different segments
2: so again whatever you've got in the fridge so you might use some, you might kind of try to go for a little bit of a rainbow wheel going on so you might use um, some red cabbage cut really finely or um, you know you've got different coloured peppers obviously get lots of colour from them um, I made it for my son and his friend when they came around at the weekend and I used grated carrot on one of the slices yeah, of which course. was actually really nice and yeah. some grated courgette on another with the skin still on um, and just a little drizzle of olive oil before it goes into the oven. Um, yeah, and just anything to kind of get them trying different flavors, a bit of sweet corn, and you know, even if they're kind of flicking the majority of it off, they're still getting to know that food and for it to be less familiar. And also, does getting them involved help as well? Because yes, obviously, pizza.
1: Much. I always think when I've got um quite a few nieces and nephews, and whenever they come around I always get by that pre-made dough. Is mm-hmm. it like from the dough company or something? where do you and get then, that from? The supermarket. Yeah, it's frozen, and yeah. you just you can defrost it in the microwave. So it's just always on hand. And then I'm like, oh yeah, come on, let's make pizzas. Yeah. And it's kind of like a fun thing to do, is Then what do you
3: put on top of it?
1: Just like tomato puree.
2: Yeah, or leftover pasta sauce if you've got some in the cupboard. You can even use, um, if you've like had fajitas another night and you've got a few tortillas left, you can use them as your bases, or naan bread, or even even just normal bread from the bread bin, just anything, yeah, stick a bit of tomato sauce, whatever you've got in the cupboard in, tin tomatoes, anything like that, and then just have fun topping it. Same sort of principle as as fajitas because you can build them yourself. And obviously children will have preferences. You know, my daughter prefers um, cucumber and she'll kind of, you know put the pepper in slightly begrudgingly but she knows that she'll enjoy it once it's in there and my son is absolutely the other way around so he'll kind of put loads of pepper in and a little bit of cucumber mm-hmm. obviously you know we're allowed individual tastes i'm not saying let's create kids who have no ability to choose themselves um but it just makes them more open to it um and It really does work, but you do have to keep that variety going, which is why it kind of builds up through the book. And then at the end, there are loads and loads more ideas. So for every one of the 14 recipes in the last phase, there's another 10 ways that you could tweak that recipe. So it might be a dip and then it's 10 other dips you could make because I want parents to go away and actually keep having fun with food and keep being creative with it rather than just kind of slip back and find yeah. themselves suddenly back at square one again. So have you got any other tips, apart from pizza, for getting kids
1: involved? Especially, like, toddlers. Like, I've, I've literally, this week, just bought Axel some knives mm-hmm. so he can chop fruit. Yeah, his they look fruit. great. Yeah, it's, and it's been so much fun, actually, in the mornings. Like, he's chopping fruit to go with his porridge. Yeah, great. And he's really enjoying it. In fact, this morning he asked if he could cut, chop his blueberries, and I had to be like, well, they're actually small already. Like, you don't really need does to eat do those, Does mate? he eat
3: um, strawberries and blueberries on his... Porridge, yeah. In the morning. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He he is a he's like a fruit. He like, does like he really likes fruit. Fantastic. It's just, he really likes the chopping. Yeah, absolutely. But what it's, it was a bit daunting because obviously you think they're going to hurt themselves. At what age can you actually get them involved? Because I feel it's like only just now I would have been
2: able to get him chopping they're probably not genuinely helpful to begin with so initially (laughs) you're probably just giving them a job so for example i will you know when mine was smaller i'd rinse the potatoes under the tap so they were basically clean and then i'd give them a clean kind of sponge i hadn't used on the washing up yet just be like can you just scrub the potatoes for me and they'd just be kind of sitting at the table doing a job they they were happy um things like that or um you know twisting the tops off the carrots or anything it's not actually particularly helpful but it just gets them involved Um, And then, you know, as soon as they have kind of basic dexterity, there's a recipe in the book for um, sticky hands soda bread. And it's deliberately a really sticky recipe because a lot of kids also have issues with getting food on their hands. Some kids absolutely love it and will kind of dive in head first and be covered head to toe in spaghetti sauce. And some kids don't really like getting their hands dirty. Um, And my kids, especially my son, they were more like that. He didn't like the kind of the texture and the feel on his hands. So making bread going, oh, I can't do this bit with a spoon, it won't work, it's too sticky, we're going to have to dig our hands in, really helped. And obviously you do end up with kind of flour and water and vegetables everywhere. It's probably more of a weekend activity. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you get this bread that has little bits of courgette and keratin that you can see. It's a soda bread, so you don't have to wait for it to prove. It's kind of, you make it and it goes straight into the oven. And it's amazing how much more willing they are to try kind of, you know, a sandwich, for example, with some new toppings in it, if it's something that they... Yeah, that's my bread They're that's involved bread. in. Yeah. yeah. And then they start telling their friends about it and they start thinking of new ways. You can also try um if you've got if you if you've got a little bit of a laid back attitude, so you can make something like an omelet and let them choose everything that goes into I it. I like that idea cuz yeah, I like I I'm it. good
3: at I can do an omelet. Yeah, that's so you, in my repertoire.
2: So they can break the <laughs> eggs and then you can kind of retrieve all the shell. Um and then, you know, kind of just open the fridge to them, stand them on a the step and say, "Okay, what do you want to put in it?" And it might end up a bit weird. Obviously, there might be. It might go a to bit too far, where you're kind of like, really, Chocolate, Harry Bows. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to just let them choose. And again, it's amazing how much more willing they are to try it if they were involved in making it.
3: What for a novice do we need in our kitchen to set us up? Because some of these things you're talking about, like making bread and baking cakes, I mean, I don't have anything like that i have like one saucepan which is pretty old i mean can you believe it and i don't have any sort of mixer or blender or anything like what what, what, do, what do i need to set me up
2: um most things you could make with just the very basics of your kitchen so a really good example is that my kids do um cooking class they kind of cheat on me on a wednesday afternoon <laughs> with another with another cook um <laughs> and they literally just take um a little baking dish with them every week and then whatever they've made they cook in that dish. So it's everything just seems to, it's amazing what you can make in one dish. Um, So I think one baking tin, it could be like a square one and that you could just make everything in that. Um a food processor is great. Yeah. You can get kind of thirty yeah. quid ones from the supermarket. Ones. Yeah, just as just, just a, just a yeah. supermarket one. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't need kind of one like a five hundred pound whiz bang one that does everything. Although they are fun and I do like a gadget. Yeah, kind of you know, or they're on offer at the super low rates. Go with that, it'll do everything. Um but most things you can do just by hand and it'll be really normal ingredients. So for example, the sticky hand soda bread is just some bicarbonate of soda. So you're buying kind of a pound tub of that and it's lasting you for ages. Um, just some basic plain flour, um, water, and your, um, your grated carrot and courgette, really. So, And again, if you had a different vegetable in the fridge, so if you had some parsnip instead because it's kind of left over from Christmas or whatever, hopefully not now, Leftover from Christmas, <laughs> might be a bit old. It's nearly June. <laughs> then, you know, put that in instead. Um, you know, what, there is a list of things that you might like to get in the cupboard at the beginning but they will be things that you can use until they're used up so I'm never gonna anywhere in the book am I gonna ask you to kind of go and buy liquid smoke or something like that and yeah, then, it's yeah. something crazy yeah and it's all available in the supermarkets there were a couple of times actually where there were some ingredients I really wanted to use but what I did was I had not only saw if it was in my supermarket because I live right next to um, like a super centre huge supermarket but I would phone at least two friends or message them around the country and go is it in your supermarket because if it was something that was kind of only specialist or only in london stores or something like that then i didn't want to put it in the book oh emily you're so lovely you So so. how fantastic
3: because you've just saved the issues of being like well it's not it's not in this part of the country it yeah is. and it's
2: so frustrating and you know you see these amazing things and you think i want to make that mm. and then you kind of you, you come home a bit dejected because you just can't find it anywhere yeah
1: there's nothing worse than when you have a recipe and you go to the supermarket and then you find you can't get half the ingredients <laughs> yes. and you've already
2: put the other half
1: in your trolley and then you think oh no i'm not i'm not making I'm giving it up here now. yeah Um,
3: I just feel quite sad because I feel like I'm not doing a good enough job for them. And I'm worried that they're going to grow up having problems with this is like quite a big thing for me because food has been I've been on a bit of a journey with food myself. Like I was um, quite anorexic in my 20s. And I worry that that was because I basically grew up eating fish fingers and pizza. My parents just didn't cook for us. So I want to do something about it. And I'm just wanting to know if I haven't left it too late
2: I don't think it's ever too late. Um, very much like like your husband, mine was a kind of like donuts in the bath for tea on a Friday sort of person. He was not he was not an adventurous eater, and he very much is now. And actually, after a couple of years with me, he texted me when I was at work one day and went, "I don't know what you've done to me, but I've just put salad on my plate voluntarily." (laughs) (laughs) It's It's finally working. Um, I think first of all, we've all got different backgrounds. We all come from different families. Um. Obviously, as women, unfortunately, in Western culture, most of us have had some level of eating disorder because mm. you know the media can be awful about that. Um, children obviously are not going to be the same, and some children will be more willing to eat than others. I honestly don't think that we need any more mum guilt than we've already got. So yes. please don't worry. Um, build their relationship with food. Take them to you know pick your own farms. Have them picking vegetables. Do all of these um, things that are in the activities that are in the book. And don't worry too much if you're not suddenly serving up okra curry and they're going, oh, mummy, this is delicious.
3: <laughs> I love my okra. I didn't know what that is. is that those small bananas?
2: They're the little um, kind of green finger-looking things. And When you cut them, they're quite slimy on the inside. Our they're brilliant.
3: losing it behind <laughs> me.
2: Is that not what they
3: are? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. Okay, so it's not too late.
2: I don't think it's ever too late. And, you know... Yeah, you know you're a great mom you're obviously you're teaching them about food they're seeing what you eat they're seeing that you've got a good relationship with food now you also have the advantage of you know having come from a more negative place and learned so actually you know and I think it's the same for me because I was incredibly underweight I had IBS and then associated Mm. hardly eating with not having pain so I was incredibly underweight and I just think you know in some ways that actually makes you more conscious of what a healthy attitude to food is yep. so your kids are probably certainly going to be absolutely fine yeah <sighs> okay thanks
1: that has made me feel loads better actually right g um yeah so every episode we like to finish off um talking about like our five favorite products so ha- what are your five favorite products for getting you know getting mums back in the kitchen and cooking or getting the kids involved or just in general helping make some amazing meals.
2: Ah, okay. Um Opinel, they're a French brand. They do um knives and um vegetable peelers and things like that with a little hole near the handle for kids to put their first finger through, which keeps their hand in the right position, you know, backwards away from the blade. Now, obviously, you still have to supervise them, but it's just a really nice stepping stone. If you're nervous about kind of giving your kid a big knife and saying, off you go, darling, then it just kind of keeps their hand in the right position. Um, And I got that for my son, so I had never attempted to teach a toddler to cook, and I was pretty scared when he was holding a knife, but it really kind of takes that initial fear out of it, so I would definitely, definitely recommend that. What was the brand? Opinel. Opinel. Fab? Yeah, I think it's a French brand. Opinel, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um what else um on a similar vein you can also get um various things if you look on amazon or any of those kind of shops you can get various things that allow kids to be more in control in the kitchen. So, for example, um, you know, Katie Ashworth, you know, she's kind of I can cook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the kids are using kind of like a grater where you drop the cheese in the top and then it comes out. Yeah. yeah you can get all of that kind of kit. So, if you're really into the idea, if that seems to be what your kids are really responding to, if they yeah. just seem really into that, then you can, and they're all kind of plastic, they're not kind of super posh or anything, but they're really fun because then you can have kind of one kid grating and another kid kind of slicing and another one peeling. And I love soon that. you
1: can just sit and watch TV drink a coffee and let them get on with
2: it (laughs) actually um on Sunday morning this week um so my son usually gets up gets his own breakfast now which is amazing and then my daughter gets up and kind of like crushes us until we get up that's what normally happens she's seven but she's still her style um and I heard her go downstairs as well because she'd heard my son and then we heard kind of clinking Mm. and rustling and they sat at the kitchen table and had breakfast together (gasps)
1: Oh, oh my gosh.
2: Seven and eleven. We've just got to get to that age. Eh? How, how <laughs> long have many we years got? is that? Four years. Four years um, to your seven. And my husband was like, "See, we don't want more kids because
3: <laughs>
1: look, at the stage yeah, we've got them to. Yeah. Let's never amazing. go back."
2: <laughs> and soon they'll be bringing you breakfast in bed. I know, it's Next stage. <laughs> yeah. So you know there, there are parent incentives for getting kids <laughs> cooking for themselves. Um, I would probably invest in a tin set so you know like a basic muffin tin a basic tray um a basic kind of roasting tin because then you know you've got everything you need and quite often in supermarket they'll just have them kind of wrapped up in a bundle and it'll be kind of 10 ish quid um and then non-stick and you can use them over and over again um because i'm always buying different tins for different photo shoots I have about a thousand so um, like, you don't
3: need you don't need those <laughs> I haven't got any just no. a couple my way would be great <laughs> Emily
2: I'll post them all over just giving to
3: charity basically
2: <laughs> no I, I'm the kind of person if I like take muffins around to somebody's house when they're ill like, don't worry about giving the tray back <laughs> <laughs> I've got loads I've all silly um, silly shaped like Christmas tree
1: ones and um, you know heart shaped you really go to town and, yeah. on the fun don't well, you well just like
2: baking? once and then I think oh that was a faff I'm not doing that again <laughs> <laughs> oh, to okay, was be, a good suggestion yeah that's gonna be my fourth thing are we on fourth or third Carl? yeah I'm no we're fourth. Fourth, fourth yeah that was gonna be my fourth thing which is um some cookie cutters oh cool not just for cookies but for sandwiches for pizza for vegetables um you can get some really fun things and you know when you go into kind of pound shops sometimes they'll just have like um little fondant cutters in the shape of flowers or something like that and you can just like get them and use them like on slices of ham and just get the kids cutting out flowers. Brilliant. and then putting them on the pizza. Brilliant. So I'm not expecting as busy mums to be sitting there cutting out <laughs> ham flowers, but you never know. Yeah. So yeah, just all of these little things. And you don't need to invest in any of these, but they're just, they're going to help you. And I'm a little bit of kind of a gadget nut, so I, I like buying a little extra thing if I see a bargain. You've inspired me so much today. I can't <laughs> wait to get to the supermarket and
3: buy loads of trays and stuff. I'm going to be texting Georgia going, I bought my first <laughs> baking tray. Look, this one's for muffins. And see how long it lasts. Emily, you have been so amazing. Thank
1: you. Thank you thank
3: you absolutely wonderful thank you so much i know this is going to go down like an absolute treat so thank you excellent
2: thanks
0: Thanks. hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing
3: I mean we've got to come off the back of that and say how fantastic Emily was.
1: She was so great. She's a great she's a great woman and she's got it nailed and she's so good at it. It's she makes it sound really easy and really sort of stress free. Yeah. I think that's the best bit is that you don't want it to be stressful. I'm definitely getting her book. Oh oh my gosh, I can't wait. I mean, I'm going to hopefully get Axel to eat eggs and sweet potatoes
3: Yeah, oh Miss Perfect in the intro didn't tell you all that her son does not eat sweet potato and eggs. He does not eat sweet potatoes. (laughs) My children do. Oh no, Kit's allergic to them.
1: Um,
3: No. it's It's a minefield and it's incredibly stressful. Like, we are joking about it, but I have gone through serious levels of anxiety about the fact that I'm so worried that they're not taking in the right nutrients that I I tend to finish off every meal by giving um, Kit one of those pouches which is peas, pears and apples and just going... <laughs>
1: just to tick it off. Yeah. yeah. But then that encourages,
3: like like she said, that encourages them to like sweet things. So I'm really going to try, this my mission for the rest of the year is to focus on... Um, what do I need to focus on? <laughs> Being a better cook.
1: <laughs> Stop having sex and get in the kitchen. I can't <laughs> help it. I like it, it is sex.
3: Uh, right, what are our products, Jean?
1: Yeah, so I think first thing for me is um the knives that I was talking about. Yeah. are it's a French name which I can't quite pronounce. I'll pronounce it for you. Yeah, go for it.
3: <laughs> Jatiden.
1: Jatiden. So they're safety knives for kids. I got them off Amazon, I think they're about 7 99 Comes with a chopping board, but every morning I make Axel chop his own fruit to go in his porridge and it's it's really fun he chops cucumber tomatoes as well at lunch it's just he's involved in the cooking process and I think yeah it's it's a good good habit to get into it's a really nice idea I'm going to definitely order them
3: because I think Luna would enjoy that doing that with her grapes yeah it's fun right the next one is obviously you need to get Emily's book get your kids to eat anything she talked about it on the podcast but really this book is absolutely essential if you have got a fussy eater at home um i mean like she said you can kind of turn around their eating habits and it won't take that long and she says she can do it at any age
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's never too late, so that is a really good one. So, yeah. Um, And I know I always bang on about how I love cooking and all that, but I don't always cook from scratch. So, (laughs) I buy um, the little dish meals, which I think are fantastic. And also, if you are trying to get your child to eat, like, different things, it's so much easier just to nip into the supermarket and buy, like, even six or seven different meals and give them a different one every single day. I also
3: really like the Annabelle Carmel ones. Yeah. The fish pie. Kit loves the fish pie.
1: And if you haven't like slaved over it for hours there's not so much pressure to get them to eat it and mm. that probably in turn will make them eat it.
3: And talking of pressure I think my biggest tip and I'm saying it to myself is don't stress. It is. You know if your if your child ends up chucking half of the stuff on the floor and picks at it you've, you know as Emily explained and I'm really saying this advice for me <laughs> (laughs) It's feeling touching a little bit of taste that's all part of the weaning process exactly so it's not like let's see if we can ram as much food in there like I used to tickle Kit no Luna under her arms when she laughed ah, I used to shove a spoon <laughs> it's the
1: most stressful
3: environment for I a child know, to eat don't. it
1: but we do crazy things because we just want them to get the right stuff in them so yeah don't stress and the thing is really all is not lost my husband ate five things until he was about 18 look at him
3: now he's a pro <laughs> footballer
1: <laughs> exactly it's not the end of the world and he eats everything in fact he's a bloody vegan well he bloody has to because he's living with you <laughs> what's the last one um, the last thing is cookie cutters. So you can pick these up in like Lakeland or on Amazon, so different shapes. And it's just nice, to, again, to get the kids involved in cooking, so cut out um, heart shapes with their toast or um, pizzas or just anything like that. I think that's one of the things that we've taken away from Emily is getting the kids involved. Yeah, I'm, Yeah,
3: 100%. I'm going to do it.
1: This is it. The new me. <laughs> the new me 2019. I'll be on MasterChef
3: before you know No, I won't. I definitely will not. <laughs> if it was a sex show, however. Um, right, that is the end of the podcast this week. Thank you so much. We haven't been drinking. Thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, we would love you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and just kind of spread the Made by Mama's love. And also, if you could give us a little five star review, we would be eternally grateful.
1: You can get us at Made by Mamas on Instagram or on Zoe's own Instagram at Zoe Hardman. Yes, and we are going to be back
3: next week. We're really excited to get back into the studio to reveal next week's guest. Can't wait.
0: Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title.